Hey there, and welcome to episode 31. I am your host, Craig Smith. Today on IoT This Week, we have hooligans stealing cars, one login password managers breached, classified data found on Amazon Web Services, Kmart gets breached again, Microsoft will pay you to use Bing search engine, and Laundroid, the closed folding robot, and much more. So let's get going. All right, so first up under IoT, we have nine members of the Hooligans Motorcycle Club um, got quite ambitious and decided they would steal some Jeep Wrangler vehicles. So what they did, they used stolen dealer database login credentials and handheld diagnostic tools to pair duplicate keys um, with, with these Jeep Wrangler vehicles. So in the end, they ended up stealing more than 150 vehicles, which netted them around $4.5 million in profits. And then we have a couple of surveys to throw out there. So a recent study of 553 IT decision makers found that 78% thought it was somewhat likely that their organizations would experience data loss or theft due to IoT devices within the next two years. And 50% of the companies didn't track IoT inventory, citing lack of centralized responsibility for those devices. So tracking of um, assets isn't something that's limited to IoT. That's something we've seen across the board in IT in general. So, so only the difference with IoT is that it's going to be um, orders of magnitude more than say you know tracking IoT servers or desktops or that sort of thing. So. It's going to be um, an issue with not tracking assets when it comes to IoT is going to be amplified quite a bit um, from that standpoint. And then in another survey of 400 IT executives, 48% of those companies that use internet-enabled technology as part of the supply chain have experienced at least one security breach. So that was actually rather surprising. Um, I mean, a lot of times these companies don't want to own up to there being a security breach. They don't want to tell anybody about it. Um, but actually, 48%, it's actually uh, pretty pretty surprising. Um, and then uh, going on, businesses also reported loss of revenue as a result of poor security protocols. Again, that's interesting that um, actually businesses are actually admitting now that um, – Poor security protocols are actually resulting in loss of revenue. The cost of IoT network breaches represented 13.4% of total revenues for companies with under $5 million in annual revenues. And then on the flip side of that, for businesses with annual revenues in excess of $2 billion, the cost of a single IoT breach increased to over $20 million. So it's interesting in this survey that um, we're actually seeing um, companies kind of put some kind of um, um, amount to or cost to breaches, um, especially when it comes to um, breaches that are related to IoT devices. And then next up, um, the Online Trust Alliance. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. Um, on July 1st, they are going to be merging under the Internet Society. So I think Online Trust has been around um, at least 10 years, I believe, and Internet, Internet Society has been around for a long time. Um, but some of the current members of the Online Trust Alliance, um, they include Microsoft, Symantec, ADT, the um, home security company, 
um, American Greetings, that's a card company, The Gap, Close, um, Twitter, and some others. So we'll see how that goes um, with the Online Trust Alliance kind of folding up under the Internet Society. I think it'll be good in the long run, but we'll see. And then a company called Seven Dreamers. So this is what I alluded to um, at the beginning of the podcast. Um, they actually have a clothes folding robot called Laundroid. So they're partnering with um, a company called Cerevo, um, which provides um, IoT connectivity to um, companies they partner with. And they will be bringing voice control to this laundry folding robot. And the interesting thing about this is, um, I mean, if you, you know, if you want to, you want this particular device um, to fold your clothes for you, um, you know, it'll be cool that it has voice control added to it. But the thing about this thing, the laundry folding robot costs $16,000. So I guess it depends on how bad you really want this robot to fold your clothes for you. And then moving on to InfoSec. So as usual, we have tons of stuff under InfoSec. So the first one, I'm sure most of you guys have heard about this. Um, the one login password manager was compromised and some of the data that was actually stolen um, will provide the ability to decrypt encrypted user data. So if you use one login, um, I think they're actually forcing password resets, but definitely make sure you reset your password. And my guess is depending on um, how much data can be unencrypted um, using the compromised data, you'll probably end up needing to change all the passwords for any websites that you have stored in one login. So um, yeah, that's kind of bad. Um, next up, the a Chinese browser hijacking adware named Fireball um, has infected more than 250 million computers worldwide. And most of the infected countries include India, Brazil, and Mexico. But the U.S. Um, hasn't come, uh, come out of this unscathed. They have over 5.5 million infections um, in the U.S. So... Yeah, this high is so I think it's been reported as malware, um, but it's not necessarily malware because you can um, pretty much uninstall it when you want to. Um, but it, but regardless, it's um, infected more than 250 million computers worldwide. And then the company UpGuard claims to have found an Amazon Web Services S3 bucket loaded with classified U.S. intelligence data. And this um, intelligence data was pretty much exposed to the internet at large. The, and it looks like, according to the article, the S3 bucket appears to belong to Booz Allen Hamilton and Metronome, which are um, pretty big government contractors. And then if anybody's interested in uh, zero-day exploits, you know, you're in luck. The Shadow Brokers will let you sign up to a subscription service, a monthly subscription service for zero day exploits for $21,000 a month. Um, so yeah, get your zero day exploits now. And the LinkedIn hacker who is wanted by the US and Russia can be extradited to either. And this was ruled on by a Czech court. Um, so yeah, I don't know which so if he does get extradited to one or the other, I don't know which one it would actually be worse. Um, but yeah, that doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for him. And then, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, Kmart, which, you know, I thought they'd actually closed all the stores in the U.S. 
um, but apparently not. They're still around. They had yet another credit card breach, and this was the second one in less than three years. Um, uh, this is something that Brian Krebs reported on. Um, he didn't have any information, um, at least uh, when I looked at the article, about um, affected stores and timeframes. Um, since the investigation is still ongoing, um, they haven't reported on that. And then the EFF is suing the FBI for records in regards to the use of Best Buy Geek Squad as informants. So if you haven't heard about this one, um, basically the FBI was paying um, Geek Squad employees to rummage through your computer when you brought it in for repairs. So what they would do, um, they would go looking through your computer for um, child porn. And obviously, if they found that, they report it to the FBI. Um, so, yeah, that's rather disturbing that, um, well, one, they should, um, at least as far as I know, they should probably be um, getting a warrant to search this. But I'm assuming they're using probably using some argument that you brought it into Best Buy, so there's no expectation of privacy at that point. So, you know, they probably feel like at um, that point it's open season on whatever data is on your uh, computer. So... I guess the moral of the story here is um, when you take your computer in to repair for anything, um, you might want to make sure you at least have any sensitive data protected or scrub it off there before you actually take it into repair, info repair. And then on the Linux side of things, we have a pseudo vulnerability which could allow regular users to gain root privileges. So that's not good. Um, actually, there are already patches available for the, the major Linux distros out there. So be sure if you're running Linux anywhere to um, make sure you get the latest patch. And the CVE for this is CVE 2017-1000367. So um, definitely make sure you have your uh, Linux systems up to date. And then an interesting story on the security ledger. Um, basically what it comes down to is that the he was reporting out that financial mal malware um, drives cybercrime cyber crime more than ransomware does. And if you read the news, you'd probably think that ransomware was driving a lot of cybercrime. I mean, don't, make, don't get me wrong, it is driving cybercrime, but um, according to uh, security ledger, um, financial malware is actually a, a bigger driver. And then we actually have a cool project. Um, I forget which university it was. I think it was University of Watch Washington. Um, they've got a project that's called Seaglass. So what they're trying to do is create a device that will actually identify IMSI catchers. Um, and these things are also known as stingrays. So hopefully if they can get this to work, if there is a stingray in the area that's capturing um, cell phone data, um, this particular device will be able to identify that, hey, there is something in the area that's, um, or there is a stingray in the area that's trying to capture um, cell phone data. And then we have yet another tool from the Vault 7 leak on WikiLeaks. Um, this one is called Pandemic. And what it does is it infects Windows servers and then uses those servers to deliver malware to other hosts on the network. So, yeah, that's pretty nasty. And then we have some research from AppThority. And their research shows a wide range of data exposure on backend systems used for mobile applications. 
And these systems, obviously, they're put in place by mobile app developers. And um, due to these systems not being secured properly, there's um, a huge amount of data being exposed on the back ends of system, the back end systems that are used um, along with a lot of the mobile apps out there. And then last but not least, under InfoSec, we have Shodan. And they did um, some research where they discovered Hadoop clusters. And those clusters are exposing more than 5,000 terabytes of data to the internet at large. So not only do we have government contractors exposing data to the internet um, through AWS, uh, we've got data being exposed through Hadoop clusters. So yeah, another uh, rough week for InfoSec. And then on the tech side of things, we have the creator of JavaScript launch the basic attention token. And the token is meant to help with online advertising. And um, apparently the token is going to integrate with the Brave browser. Um, I actually, I don't think I've ever actually tried using the Brave browser, but um, might have to take a look at that. Um, but what they wanna do is use these tokens to directly monetize users with more targeted ads. And if you ever haven't heard about um, BAT or basic attention token, it's a type of cryptocurrency um, that'll be using or utilizing the Ethereum blockchain. And if you haven't heard about Ethereum, Ethereum's another, um, uh, yet another cryptocurrency out there. But the kind of the difference between um, like Ethereum and Bitcoin, they're building a lot of stuff on top of Ethereum um, as opposed to Bitcoin just kind of, being purely used um, as currency. And then we had a interesting article by GitHub Engineering. So they published a very detailed um, um, article on their DNS, DNS infrastructure. And kind of the gist of it is their system is broken down into three classes of host. Um, that includes caches, edges, and authorities. So I'm not getting too in um, to too much detail on the podcast, but uh, do take a look at this article if you have a you know interest in and kind of taking a deep dive on uh, GitHub's DNS infrastructure. Um, and then Google stated that machine learning has helped it reach a 99.9% block rate of spam and phishing messages on Gmail. So. That seems pretty high block rate, um, especially since on my Gmail account, I still seem to get quite a bit of spam and phishing messages through there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I'm seeing 99.9%. Um, maybe if, uh, if it wasn't there, it'd be a crap load more. Um, but either way, I mean, in the end though, Gmail does do a pretty good um, job of filtering that stuff out. I used to, back in the day, I used to forward all my mail through Gmail and then um, onto my mail server just because I knew Gmail would do such a good job of taking spam out. But regardless, 99.9% seems seems pretty high, but uh, maybe they are. And then, um, actually, this is kind of old at this point since uh, Apple just had their developer conference today. Um, so they will be coming out with a Siri speaker to compete with Google Home and Amazon Echo. And I think it's called the HomePod. Um of course, since it's Apple, it's double the price of um, the other devices out there, like from Amazon. Um, I think it's supposed to do a few more things, um, and, not, and I think it's supposed to be available in December sometime, um, but we'll see how that goes. 
And then uh, finally, Microsoft will now pay users in the UK to use Bing search engine over Google. And the program is called Microsoft Rewards. And what it will do is allow users to earn points towards online purchases and, you know, assuming they use um, Bing search engine. Personally, um, I can't stand Bing. Um, and a lot of times when I compare some of the searches with what Google finds, it doesn't, it misses a lot of things. So I don't know, maybe they'll get better, but um, maybe this is one reason why, or at least Microsoft realizes they're not as good as Google. So they're trying to get, they're paying people to actually use it. And then on the miscellaneous front, um, Really interesting story from the New York Times. They pretty much did a breakdown of Marissa Mayer's composition, composition, compos, compensation during her time as Yahoo CEO. Um, so what they came up with, the numbers they came up with, they said um, by the time the Verizon deal closes, and if you don't know, Verizon's buying whatever's left of Yahoo at this point. And once that um, deal closes with Verizon, um, she will have made around $239 million. And yeah, just leak that, let that sink in for a while. Um, so they broke this down to a five-year period, which is the time she was at Yahoo. So what that broke down to was $900,000 per week. And my personal opinion is, I don't know of anybody who's worth a million dollars a week. Um, but that's what she made, um, which is pretty disgusting. Um, so something we've mentioned in past podcasts, the right to repair legislation. Um, there's actually another state that's being added to the list that's putting forth um, this kind of legislation. Um, New Jersey is going to become the 12th state to consider right to repair legislation. And then kind of on the um, scary note, um, Walmart is apparently asking its employees to deliver packages on their way home. So there's a couple of things here. Um, one, if you're a Walmart employee, you probably, once the day's done, um, you probably don't want to continue to work and especially you don't want to drive around delivering packages. And from the other side of it, um, yeah, I don't really want Walmart employees um, coming to my house and delivering packages. So I don't know what kind of scheme or who thought that one up, but hopefully that's an idea that will die soon. Um, all right. So that was a pretty quick podcast for this week. Um, if you happen to notice that we kind of skipped episode 30, um, I just didn't get a podcast out last week. Um, and there'll probably be a couple of weeks coming up in the next uh, few months that they'll be skipped as well due to, um, me traveling. Um, what I'm basically trying to do is keep the podcast episode number and the newsletter, the IoT This Week newsletter lined up. So each week for sure there will be an IoT This Week newsletter. Um, however, there may be one or two weeks here and there that get skipped as far as the podcast. So if you notice that one's been skipped, um, you know, don't worry about it. It's just because I'm trying to, or I didn't do one that particular week, and I'm just trying to keep the uh, podcast episodes and the IoT This Week newsletter lined up. All right, that is it for this week. Um, questions, comments, as usual, you can reach me at, at CraigZ28 on Twitter. You can email me, podcast at iotthisweek.com. Again, like I mentioned, um, if you don't have time to the for the podcast, um, do go onto the website and sign up for the IoT This Week newsletter. 
Um, that one will be out each week, regardless of whether I actually do a podcast or not. Um, but yeah, other than that, that is, that's, that's the uh, podcast for this week. Um, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.